Welcome to The World in 10. We've got a fiery episode for you today, packed with conspiracy, fury and drama. And that is just at one classical music concert. <laughs> yeah, that is genuinely true. Uh, and to come, along with the latest in the Spanish women's soccer row, and which hot country is introducing a siesta? With me, Toby Gillis. And me, Eleanor Shearwood. There are more questions than ever about Russia after the death, or apparent death anyway, of the leader of the mercenary Wagner group, Yevgeny Prigozhin. Yeah, it's a confusing one. So the plane on which he was listed as a passenger, and that phrase is important, came down yesterday, apparently killing everyone on board. Now, it's two months since Prigozhin led an attempted coup against Vladimir Putin, so this wasn't exactly off the cards. No, you're right, but it still leaves questions. First, we should say that much of the international community has expressed doubt about the reports coming from Russia on the crash. Russia, meanwhile, says Ukraine's behind it, which Vladimir Zelensky has denied. Now, of course, the assumption's been that Putin's behind the plane crash and that it was a deliberate attempt to rid himself of a genuine threat to his leadership. But one of his former advisers, who's still loyal, to him, Sergei Markov gave Times Radio Russia's point of view on that, suggesting since Wagner's march on Moscow, Prigozhin wasn't a threat at all. They cannot uh, explain a rational reason for Vladimir Putin to kill Evgeny Prigozhin because Evgeny Prigozhin now has no any political threat to Vladimir Putin. And what I found fascinating about that clip from Markov is what happened immediately after on air. Roger Boys, the Times diplomatic correspondent, followed, and he actually agreed with him but with a slightly different spin. I think he's onto something there. I don't think that Putin is He's rational, rational anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the undercurrent. But more concerningly is the irrationality of all this and whether this now distinguishes the way that the war is being run. And if it is, should we worry about it? You know, madmen can escalate in the places that we don't expect. A scary thought, but it does raise questions for the West. So how do they react to this? Well, for now, the sense is they simply have to wait and see what Moscow does next. And one thing's for certain, this may well give Russia greater power in Africa. That's right. This is Putin speaking just today to a summit of African nations, offering them reassurances, saying Russia is sincerely interested in further deepening multifaceted ties with the African continent. And we will actively promote these ties in practice and implement new joint projects in a whole host of different areas. Now, commentators say it's no coincidence the Russian president is saying this the day after Prigozhin was apparently removed from the equation. We've said before on The World in 10, Wagner is deeply ingrained in some African nations who will no doubt have questions about their security if the group's done. This is where Putin steps in, basically, probably to offer Russia's intelligence agency to take over the GRU. The question is, will those leaders accept his help? Times Africa correspondent Jane Flanagan thinks that is likely. The junta's that are in power there are as a result of coups and the leaders are illegitimate to a certain extent and they rely on Wagner as a check on their own military to make sure that they are not ousted themselves. We're talking about very opportunistic characters and, you know, if it's Wagner by any other name, i.e. a proxy army for the Kremlin, then why would they say no if their priority is to keep themselves in power? But there's one question we're yet to address, Eleanor. Is Prigozhin really dead? It's a legitimate one, right? Given all the suggestions of body doubles and plane crashes that he's survived in the past. (laughs) Yeah, most commentators, though, 
do seem to believe that he really has died this time. But let's give the last word to Roger Boys again, who, well, he's at least open to the possibility that someone else was on that flight pretending to be Prigozhin. One of the weird things about this whole uh, conflict is uh, Putin has at least three body doubles, you know, and this kind of deception. I, I, I would guess most war leaders probably do this. So, sure. But who could be as ugly as Prigozhin, yeah? Now, on The World in 10, we've been following closely the story of the male Spanish football boss who kissed on the lips one of the female players after they'd won the World Cup on Sunday. It shocked the sporting world, and despite the apology of Luis Rubiales, it's not going away. Nope. It's certainly not. Uh, Today, FIFA, the world governing body of football, has said it's looking into the incident, which left Jennifer Emoso calling for him to be punished. And I think we can probably, Eleanor, expect some sort of admonishment. Yeah, so FIFA said in a statement that the events might constitute a breach of their disciplinary code. And on top of that, the Spanish Football Associations called an extraordinary General Assembly for Friday in response to the matter and confirmed it's open what it calls internal proceedings. Have a listen to this. Blooming love acquire me. I love just how dramatic it is. I mean, yes, it is, but it turns out to have that much drama on stage, you need to have a little bit <laughs> off as well. <laughs> yeah, see where you're going. Okay, so what you're hearing there was an orchestra led by the world renowned conductor Sir John Elliot Gardner. Now, it sounds fantastic and very professional, but he won't be leading a performance at the prestigious BBC Proms next month because of the way he allegedly goes about maintaining that professionalism. Oh, nice cliffhanger there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's been accused get this, of punching and slapping a member of his choir because supposedly he entered the stage incorrectly. Let's paint the picture, shall we? So they're, they're at a festival in southern France, that's Gardner's birthplace, and William Thomas, who's a bass singer, comes on for the second act from the left. The left? <laughs> the conductor is allegedly enraged. Now, after, they're all celebrating in the wings and Gardner walks up to Thomas holding a half pint. It's claimed he told Thomas, I feel like throwing this over your head. Yeah, all for coming on on the left. Uh, He took a slightly different, more violent approach. He slapped him round the face, punching him in the mouth. And Gardner himself has pulled out of their next performance. Punched mouth permitting, Thomas is planning on continuing though. It's often hot in Australia. That's not news, Eleanor. I didn't say it was news. Let me finish. (laughs) It's often hot in Australia and in other not new news, it's very likely that climate change is only going to make things hotter. Now, Toby, before you interrupt, what is new (laughs) is a government report on how that's going to change working life there and safe to say it's not going to make it any easier. No, I I have to confess as a Brit, I hate working here when it's hot, let alone in the heat down under. Mm. But um, anyway, this report has looked at the next 40 years and it reckons if temperatures rise four degrees by 2063, that productivity there will go down almost 1%. And just to give those numbers some context, scientists say if global temperatures rise 1.5 degrees higher than industrial levels, there'll be dire consequences. They think that's going to happen within the next four years. So scary. So Mm. this warning then, or maybe more of a given, the report says 
These temperature rises will mean it's just too hot to work in Australia for some of the day, and the government will have to change working hours to include a siesta, especially for people in manual jobs. The Times Bernard Lagan is covering the story. The report suggests uh, that you may be able to change workplaces to an extent by redesigning workplaces so there is more passive um, cooling and also perhaps planting trees uh, in areas where outdoor work is carried out. But, um, you know, that's not going to be easy in in large, vast outdoor work areas such as mine sites and that kind of thing. Uh, So it would seem that we are facing a loss of working hours or a loss of productivity, if you like, as a result of climate change. And they're definitely seeing more of those days above 37 Celsius too. Clearly siestas, well, they're usually something that Europe's famous for, but this story definitely paints them in a less positive light. Yeah, the reports also warned that failing to restrict temperature rises could cost Australia's economy as much as, get this, $423 billion. It's about £215 billion. Now, clearly, trying to turn climate change around isn't exactly cheap either, but Bernard's told us the costs of not doing so are pretty eye-watering. It's not just productivity this heat affects. Crop yields in Australia are going to fall. We are going to have more and more natural disasters, flooding particularly, and also the need to build stronger infrastructure to cope with this. That's a cost of the economy as well. Tourism is kind of interesting, and the report does single out tourism. It says that, you know, people are going to become more reluctant to come to Australia if it gets really hot. And secondly, our beaches are eroding already, therefore less attractive to tourists. So that's another cost. It's an issue that just keeps getting bigger and bigger, especially when you consider population growth alongside it. Bernard's piece is unmissable. You can read it with a digital subscription at thetimes.co.uk. Right, I'm off for a siesta myself. Wrong time of the day, but it (laughs) is the end of the podcast. It is. Join us again for another edition tomorrow. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.